Hello? No? Can you hear me? Is it better? No? Yes? All right. All right, there you go. Before I start, I'm going to take a minute of privilege because a dear, a dear person to me is in, amongst us today, my good friend and dear friend Maureen Hallmark. She comes all the way from Elk City. Just real quick, uh, why she's dear to me, because uh, she was there when, I was, when my son was born, when I was ordained, when my wife was ordained, when my daughter was born, when I graduated from my master's, and when I left Elk City. So, and now she's here, so it's very dear to me that Maureen is here. So thank you, Maureen. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> yes. All right. Our scripture reading for today comes from the Gospel of Luke in the fourth chapter. Then Jesus, filled with the power of the Spirit, returned to Galilee, and a a report about him spread through all the surrounding country. He began to teach in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, as, as was his custom. He stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, gave it to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. Then he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. God, we give you thanks that we are together in this place. I pray that you use us, that you continue to speak to us, that your Holy Spirit be upon us. That you, yeah, you use me as your instrument, and that everything, everything I'm just about to say come from you and before the glory and the edification of your church. In your name we pray. Amen. So, by now, probably you know uh, this uh, term about industry disruptors, right? Uh, there's, there's these guys who see things differently, who kind of... You know, things are always this way, but they see a little crank and say, oh, why don't we do this and that and that? And suddenly they change everything, right? Uh, suddenly the thing that was before is no more. Let me give you an example. So first, first there you go. So JCPenney, Sears, and uh, Macy's, right? So back, back in the day, long ago now, not really not long ago, uh, you will go to Macy's, or used to be some people go to Macy's and JCPenney's and Sears, you will you know, find the things that you want to, in the store, and then uh, you go pay, and you go home, and that, that's kind of retailer's mo- uh, MO, right? Modus operandi. But uh, and everything was good and fine until in 1994, there was this guy who quit his job, in, uh, his, his job at Wall Street and said, next pick, uh, said, well, I'm going to sell these 20 items they are like, like hot sellers from my garage and see what happens. And Jeff Bezos started his company, Amazon, again in his garage and selling 20 items, uh, particularly books and CDs, 
And then now it is the largest online retailer in the world. Uh, it's worth about $600 billion. And it's about to put Macy's and JCPenney's and Sears out of business type of thing. So there's a disruptor. Let me, another one. Next, next pick. Do you remember this phone? I remember, and it's not, not, long, not, not that long ago, I remember this phone that I was talking. If somebody wanted to attack you, you can whack them in the head, you know, because they were so big that you can just get out of here. So anyway, there was this phone, and you have a little bit of a, maybe a game, you know, like a, a serpent that you just go round and round and round, and, ooh. Uh, and you have emails and everything. But then there's this guy who said, what if, with this thing of the internet, what if we have like a bulletin board, a virtual bulletin board uh, that everybody can see around the world? So this guy, Zuckerberg, said, what if we create this thing called Facebook so that we can put up pictures and posts and everything, people will like him or not, and, uh, and see what happens. And first, he, started in, he started in 2004. Fast forward till today, 79% uh, of people in the U.S. has a Facebook account. So how we communicate, how we interact, how do marketing, and uh, how we do everything, business, change, he changes everything, basically. Right? Uh, I, I, sometimes I don't even ask their phone anymore to people. I just ask, are you on Facebook? Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll find you. Uh, all the band here, we communicate through the messenger, the Facebook messenger. We know the songs and everything. We just go back and forth. That's how we communicate. Another one. Uh, hotels, right? Uh, you go, check in. You hope that there's uh, new sheets. <laughs> that there's not as smelly. And you know, pray for the best. And you go, you go ahead and then you go out. But there, in, uh, not too long ago, three guys in San Francisco said, well, what if, what if people have an extra bedroom, uh, maybe a house that they're not using, uh, something around there, a, a, a space that they're using that they can rent out. And we build a platform that allows you to connect and you can come and basically become a virtual uh, bed and breakfast. So these three guys created Airbnb. Are you familiar with Airbnb? Maybe you have used it before, or maybe you are actually renting some from Airbnb. To make the long story short, now that you know the hotels and the hotel industry is like ah, because uh, you know they have three million bookings in 191 countries. It's, it's worth 25 million billion dollars. This company, so it's a big deal, right? This is disruptors. And, and the th same thing we can say about YouTube. Uh, Uber, Lyft, you know, all these, again, these disruptors, they come and just make, break havoc in, in something. Now, let me tell you about this, this disruptor. Let me tell you about this, this guy. But first, let me tell you the context. Right about zero, about 2,000 years ago, or 34 uh, uh, AD, there were these guys called the Sadducees. And these Sadducees guys were in control of the temple. They were the, the high priests, and they were those who uh, will do, control the, the, the change money. They will control the rituals. They would uh, also break a deal, if you will, with Rome, uh, the, Empire, the Roman Empire. And they would say, as long as you, your people are okay and don't get messy and make a revolt, 
you guys can do your thing and praise your God and we'll be fine. And in fact, uh, uh, these Sadducees had, again, this deal with Roman Empire that they don't even have to worship uh, any Roman god or the emperor. They, they were the few or maybe the only ones who have this break. Uh, and again, as long as they keep the peace on people. So they wanted to keep the same thing going, the same going, because it has worked for them, right? So keep, keep it that way. And then the next one, the next, the next group, is called the Pharisees, like Saul, and then it became Paul. And the side you see, I mean, the Pharisees uh, were these zealous people that they wanted to bring about the kingdom of God by being spiritually and uh, obedient to the T to the, in the law, right? So they thought that if they can follow the law uh, perfectly and they can be clean spiritually and uh, 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 worshipfully, if you will, uh, the kingdom of God is going to come. That is the way to do it. So there is a, there you, you can also even trace these uh, Pharisees. To, they became eventually the rabbis that we know today. So they were highly regarded, and they, liked, they were more open to things. They were like Saul. They embraced Greek uh, philosophy and things. They were more cosmopolitan. But still, they liked uh, this status quo. And let me give you an example uh, of, of what these uh, persons would pray each morning. This is in the Mishnah. That is, again, days back to the time of Jesus. So this, this, is a, this is a blessing that they will say every single morning. When he puts on his belt, he recites the blessing. Who girds Israel with strength. When he puts on his shoes, he recites the blessing. That you have made for me all what I need. When he goes to leave onto the road, he recites the blessing. Who prepares the, step, who prepares the steps of a man. And a man should recite these blessings every day. Blessed are you, Lord, our, our God, King of the universe, who has not made me a Gentile. Blessed are you, Lord, our King, King of the universe, who has not made me a woman. And blessed are you, Lord, our King, King of the universe, who has not made me a slave. So they like the things that they were, Right? That's a, good, that's, a good, that's a good prayer, I guess. But then the, along came this disruptor, this Jesus guy, you know, this kind of breaking havoc. And we find him in this particular passage. He says that, Luke says that he's filled by the Holy Spirit. He was taken into uh, the wilderness. He was tempted by Satan, came back, and then as he said, again, the scripture says, Feel by the Holy Spirit goes into the synagogue or synagogues around preaching, teaching, and everybody was amazed. And then he's in this in this particular passage, he is reading Isaiah, which uh, is quoting uh, Isaiah 61, which Isaiah is quoting Leviticus 25. Let me just give you an idea. So what he is saying about the Lord's the year of the Lord's favor, it is these every 50 years. Uh, people will have to forgive their debts. People will have to, uh, if you were enslaved, you will go free. There was a time where every, everything went back to zero. Everything went back to normal, if you will. So in Leviticus 25.10, it says, And you shall hallow the 50th year, and you shall proclaim liberty through the land to all its inhabitants. And it shall be a jubilee for you, and you shall return everyone on you to your property and everyone to your family. 
and to your family will return. So this is what Jesus is preaching. Jubilee. Now, this year of the Lord's favor usually was for Jewish people, for the most part. But in this time, if you keep reading, and we know the story, now Jesus is saying, yes, it is for you, but also for those Gentile people. Oh, no! How can it be? And if you keep reading the passage, they want to throw him out of the cliff. Right? Because how, how dare him saying that these jubilee, these time where God's grace uh, comes, also comes to the Gentiles. How dare he? he didn't, they didn't like him. And then, you know, again, you, if you think about it, those, those prayers that people will say, that the Pharisees will say, in, in Jesus, in, uh, in Luke chapter 8, he's surrounded by women, and women pay his ministry. And they are... Uh, disciples of him. Uh, he surrounds himself with these bums and these uh, people that we don't like, you know, tax collectors and fishermen and people uneducated. We don't like those people. And, and then he starts to heal uh, these Gentiles. Please, no. This is all wrong. You're, you're disrupting too much. So what happens? They kill him. But the disruption did not end ended there, Right? We know that three days he rose. Amen. And then the disruption kept going because then the Holy Spirit came, Acts 2, and then just, just went from there berserk. And Christianity exploded and grew to the time till today. Amen. So this disruption keeps going and keeps going, keeps going. Now, picture, next picture. We want to believe that the church, Big C, we want to believe that we are part of that disruptors, right? That we are part of those uh, disciples of Jesus Christ that, you know, we need to go and disrupt things. The reality is that we are not. The reality is that we are now part of the establishment. We are part of the status quo. You know, when, we, when, when the church starts to hear a little bit of disruptors, we kind of freak out. Let me give you an example. <laughs> yeah, we freak out. Uh, the Pope... The first pope elected from outside of Europe. Ah, no, how can that be? And then he starts to call people in the phone. No, 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 you don't do that. Or, yeah, or uh, in England, the Church of England, they started to go outside into the streets and do some work called Fresh Expressions. No, how dare you? No, no, you don't do that. Or this kind of experiment when we want to reach out to the community and be... Uh, representatives of, uh, of those who are in, living in our community, of all ethnic groups, of all cultures, of all groups and all backgrounds, that's too much to handle, right? Let's keep it, let's keep it like that. But the church now needs to hear a jubilee, needs to hear that this is the year of the Lord's favor. We need to be uh, broken. Our chains need to, need to fall. Our chains of fear, our chains of doubt, our chains of nostalgia. Oh, man, 10 years ago, man, that was a good time. We need to, we need to let that let go and move on. We need to break our chains of, uh, of hatred and, and, again, of doubt and move on to hope and restoration 
Because people out there want to hear and need to hear the year of the Lord's favor. They need to see hope and peace and reconciliation. And we need to be that beacon of light. But we need to, we need to, we, we need to be disrupted. We need to be, feel a little bit uncomfortable. Next picture. What is going to be the village response to this? Will be be like, okay, that's, that's you know, good enough, you know. I like disruption, I like that. I like feel good inside, but you know, when I go outside, it's like, ah, ah, no. Outside is not. Here's good, outside not. But let me tell you that this is a time that I would like for you to, for all of us, to take this seriously. We can, we can be that beacon. We can be the disruptors. We can change this neighborhood if we only take seriously what is within us. If we only take seriously what happens here inside, we can go outside and disrupt things and be this bringing havoc into, a good havoc into the community. What happens every single month here in this church and in churches across the United Methodist Church? What happens every month? Nothing? All right. Okay. Let us pray then. <laughs> what happens every month? Communion. Yes, communion. Good job. Communion. Now, in front of you, you will have one of these. Grab one of these. A worship, a, a, a hymn book. Grab one of these. Open it in page 14. So every month, we celebrate communion. And every month, we pastors say this ritual. And probably by we saying this ritual, sometimes, you know, probably you're hearing like, you know, uh, Charlie Brown's mom. Wah, 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 wah. Say, come on, come on, let's go. But in there, page 14, after it says, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again, after those bold letters. What is the next thing? It is when we pastors come and we consecrate the elements. We say, pour out your Holy Spirit on, on whom? Us. Before even we say anything about the bread and the wine, we say, God, pour your Holy Spirit on us. Gather here. And in this bread, and in this bread, uh, gift of bread and wine, make them be for us the body of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. The same power that, was in, that took Jesus into the wilderness, the same spirit, the same spirit that filled him going into the synagogue, the same spirit that raised him from the dead, the same spirit that came in Pentecost Sunday, on Pentecost, whatever that day was, is the same spirit that lies within us. It's the same spirit. If we take it seriously... Imagine what we can do. John 14, 12 says, Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do. And in fact, will do greater works than these, because I'm going back to the Father. The one who believes in me can do these works, and in fact, greater. Can we believe that? Church, the... 
the world, our community, that does not even go to the world, our community, village, the village, needs to hear about the Jubilee, needs to hear about the year of the Lord's favor. The chains need to fall. The, the captivity needs to go. And God is awaiting for us out there. We just need to take these and say, yes, I'm here. I'm going. I'm filled by the Holy Spirit, and I'm here I come. I want to be a disruptor. I want to bring hope and reconciliation and peace to the people and love. And not because my great deeds, but because of the power that resides on me. Otherwise, we're wasting it. So for the last four years, four years, huh, for the last four weeks, we have, it feels like years. <laughs> for the last four weeks, we have been talking about uh, going into the world and joining God in the mission field. And we pose you with, with some questions. We, we ask you, uh, why Jesus? Why the church? Uh, what is your ministry? Be courageous. Don't put everything under the rug, but face it. But even if we answer those questions correctly, but we don't do anything about it, if we don't take the spirit that is within us, what is the point? So I invite you, I invite you today to break the chain, to break it, to live it down, and go out into the world, convinced that greater things you will do in the name of Jesus because of the power that lies within you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. God, indeed, you are calling us to disrupt our community. We want to be agents. We want to follow you. We want to be and use that Holy Spirit within us. Allow us to do that. Encourage us all the time to always preach the year of the Lord's favor. In your name we pray. Amen.